Here we go. I get those goosebumps every time. I just have to get the big fella off the bench. Oh Will this be their last chance now? And it comes Monster to the fans! It's gone! Finally Monster, it's gone! I'm waiting on ya. It's waiting on ya. I get those goosebumps every time. I need the hind to throw that to the side. I get those goosebumps every time. Yeah, when you're not around, we throw that to the side. I get those goosebumps every time, yeah, 713 Gonna play one, yeah, I'm riding Why they on me? Why they on me? I'm flying I'm sipping low-key I'm sipping low-key and high, yeah, it's my I get those goosebumps every time Here we go, here we go. <laughs> We're back again. <laughs> he does. Lawless gets the goosebumps every time. Uh, welcome to Load Mag AFC. We are back again, back again with another big match preview. And uh whew, had to kind of just calm myself down a little bit after the last four hours. I'm not gonna lie, but welcome to everyone in the chat. But firstly, um uh the main man Chris Hall is here. Brandy and Blaze back in business. Uh, mate, how are you feeling? Are you still on card nine? Yeah, yeah. Still can't still can't believe what happened, to be honest. Like, you know, fantastic results. And um it but not not just the three points and the fact we're top of the group, I'll just slot that in there. But it's 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 the performance, isn't it? And you know, we were we were talking on the reaction show, Pete, about yeah, we always we always like swoon over the three two Barca results, and I think we came to the conclusion, didn't we, that like you know the performance and possibly the results is is he eclipses that. That's how good the performance was. It was just it was just utterly brilliant, and you know first home game back at St James's Park in the Champions League for what twenty years, and then we go and you know produce a performance like that, just just brilliant. Still on cloud nine, but. Slowly coming back down to earth now, which Dan will be uh, happy to hear. You know, we, we've got a, a tough test this weekend, and I do see, I do see this game being like a bit of a litmus test for the two teams because I think that you know West Ham will be thinking, you know, if they can if they can defeat the mighty Newcastle as we call ourselves at the minute, that'll be that'll be a hell of a scalp for them. And similarly, you know, we we've been on this great run, and can we can we maintain that? People were questioning us, weren't they, about mixing as soon as the Champions League game started, can we mix it? Can we, you know, still pick up results and still perform well when we've got, you know, this fixture congestion? Um so I think I think it's the pick of all the Premier League games there uh, this week and uh, I'm really looking forward to Sunday. Yeah, not gonna lie. Um buzzing to have football back again uh, so soon after a fantastic result. But um but yeah uh hopefully we can continue that great vein and and positivity and take it into Sunday. It's, it's going to be a massive game, no doubt about it. Welcome to so many in the chat already. You've got the likes of Jamie, uh, N9 in the house, Shane all the way from Australia. Welcome, fella. And he actually puts, and I'll put it on the screen. Oh, that's right. We have a Premier League football to play. Forgot about that after this week. Uh, how are you, lads? Uh, great to have you in there, fella. Um, Antunami, great to have you in there. Like to Simon as well. And... Um, Munch is in the house too. I will just put this up very, very quickly. 
um, because <laughs> that's sad. Uh, Jesus Christ, man. Uh, we have a super chat already. Thank you, uh, Antunami, um, for your donation to the channel. Um, all um, will be very, very much um, appreciated. Thank you as well. But look, Away Days is all about the opposition guest, and we've been looking forward to this, as we mentioned to Dan before we came on. Uh, so let's get him on. West Ham Fan TV, uh, 12th man, um, the shameless Dad Lawless. Let's bring you on. How you doing, Dad? You okay? <laughs> Good to be back on once again. Oh, yeah. So you know what? That That's uh, intro, man. The Honey Monster clip, that's nostalgia. That's pure nostalgia for me. One of them ads I forgot existed, and it just was like, wow, I remember that. Brought me back. So nice intro. Of course it brought you back, because they were the days that you were supporting Newcastle. Of course it just reminded me <laughs> of all the good times, mate. <laughs> Do you know what? That ad, might, I think, probably was at the time. Yeah, that probably was at the time period as well, in the yeah. that in the 90s. Definitely, definitely. But uh, great to have you on. Always a pleasure um, to talk uh, Newcastle United and West Ham. And look, let's face it, both teams um, are flying high um, uh, in, in the league and uh, respectively in uh, in the European competitions. But just, just firstly, obviously, everyone's been talking about the Newcastle United win against PSG. Obviously, from your perspective, on the outside, watching that game, seeing it unfold, um, what did you make of it all? Well, um, while it was going on, I mean, I didn't get to watch it because we was preparing for our James Collins event, right, the night before. So we was there having meeting and I, i'm checking like i'm like oh one nil newcastle oh wow okay they've gone up they've gone one nil up this would be interesting this should be a good game of it see what psg can do and then you're just checking and it's another goal you're like geez like i'm just looking at these goals like what is going on here like what is actually going on so i've got to see like a couple of goals afterwards but seeing it just without context and just the goals like going up it was shocking. Like I could not believe it. Um, I was just like, because well, I, I think in the chat, if you see this uh, on the day, but I predicted a two-all draw. That's yeah. that's what I put in the group chat. So two-two. So yeah, for a win, but four-one. Such a dominant win over PSG. I, I I don't know what's going on with PSG at the moment. Obviously, they've lost a few, but this is still PSG. This is their, yeah. this is Europe. This is what they do every season. So even though, you know, they're not maybe what they've been, they're still an elite team. This is an incredible victory. This isn't take nothing away. Don't look at where they are on the table or that. It, no one was expecting that. You lot weren't expecting that. I know, you know, you are your big black and white flag waving, Geordie fan, Pete. Even <laughs> you can't have been expecting that. Nah, I'll be honest. I, I, I don't think anyone, Chris, you'll probably agree as well. No one was expecting the 4 1 at all. But uh, you know what? As the game unfolded and the way we played, uh, would you agree, Chris? You think we, did, we, we deserved that scoreline? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. We were good value for it. I mean, Lawless, if, ever, if you've got a spare 90 minutes, you know, I recommend, recommend watching it. It was, it was it, honestly, it was just a fantastic performance. It was that goes. Um, I, I must admit, after the game, I was a little bit surprised at PSG um, because, you know, like you, I I know they're going through a bit of a transition at the moment. And obviously, we did the away days uh, with your brother, Lee, didn't we? And, uh, and Jonathan, Pete, you know, when we were talking about PSG and 
even when you look at the starting eleven, like they've just got class all over the pitch. And I must admit, though, I was I was I was a little bit shocked at how many times like they gave a possession away. Just little things like that, you know, like they, they do a misplaced pass or, you know, we pick up possession. Obviously, our presence game's really good, um, but I just didn't think it would be made as easy as it was because at times it was just like at PSG were just in utter shock. And do you every think time... the atmosphere got to them? Do you think they crumbled a bit under the atmosphere and maybe they weren't expecting that of just, obviously, this is a huge first home game in the Champions League in a long time for Newcastle. A bit of that maybe crept in. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I, th- I think, um, I think, I think they knew they were in for the game, um, but you know, well, Pete, Pete was there, and Pete, you know, said that it was the best atmosphere he's ever been at, and I think, I think it will have uh, plays a major part in it. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens at the um, in the away game. You know, obviously over in Paris, that'll be that'll be interesting because I think the atmosphere we're going to get at the Parc des Princes is going to be quite, uh, you know, quite damning, but. You know, well, especially with some of them videos going around online, honestly, it's gonna be, yeah. it's gonna be a bit. Are you going to that, Pete? You said you were hoping to go because of your brother and that. Yeah, yeah, should, should be over there, mate. Mate, um, you better just bring have your bulletproof vest, proof vest, <laughs> suit of armor, everything, man. It's gonna get, it's gonna get a bit, bit naughty out there. I think. Hopefully not, but look, it's, it's always got the potential. Um, I, I, I said I said to Lee because Lee dropped me a couple of videos as I was driving up, because uh, he was obviously with the PSG fans coming through the city centre, and um, like he was saying, it was all good. It was all good between them. Like they were, everyone was getting on. They were mixing really well, and then like they were bantering each other, but it was all in good like good taste. And all of a sudden, it just kind of it just kind of turned. Then glass bottles were being thrown from both sets of fans, and it just turned a little bit nasty to the point where the police had to separate both sets of fans and then guide PSG fans another way to the stadium to kind of separate the fans away. Um, and yeah, it, it, I think because of that, it might it might have a bit of a knock on effect. But look, um, hopefully they've got a good police presence. Hopefully um, there's no opportunity for for fans to kind of mix and kind of like come together. So fingers crossed, but um, look, it's um, it's still a massive, massive win, like you said. Um, it, like we we blew them out the water for sure, um, and it was the best, the best atmosphere, the best night that we've that I've experienced um, at Saint James's Park. And what I will say, and I think you made the point, Lawless, is that actually, I actually think PSG weren't expecting what they got. They've not been to Saint James's Park. For a long, long time, and, and and seen something like that, um, I don't think they were anticipating how big the crowd reaction, the atmosphere, and the atmosphere wasn't just for when the players came out and we kicked off. It lasted the whole game and 10, 15, 20 minutes after the game. Like it was, con- it was consistent. I've never seen anything like it. And to be fair, Lee's girlfriend from Paris came over to watch the. And I uh, said it to the boys on our review show. He was like, after about five or ten minutes, he was like, "Like, what is this?" Like, he'd not he'd not experienced anything like that before. And I think that just that maybe kind of made some players kind of go into their shell a little bit. Um, but we'll see. But you know, we we weren't the only team in Europe this week, and uh, I think we have to say, you know, congratulations. To you guys, because not only are you, um, you know, smashing it at the moment in Group A, 
Um, another win. Was it a win? It was a win 2-1. Two one, yeah. who will arguably um, you probably your challenges for top spot in, in in the group stage, but seventeen European games without defeat, record breaking. As you have reminded us, Lawless, and <laughs> one of my really good friends at work, um, who is a massive, um, massive, massive West Ham fan. Uh, uh, big up to the, to Jonathan. Um, I'm sure he'll be watching. I both of you guys have been reminding me personally of the fact that you're 17 unbeaten. But look, massive achievement for you guys. Um, and and look, you're still doing the business in Europe. Look, from from a West Ham perspective, what do you make of all that and your performance in Europe so far this season? Yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's a great achievement to have to your name to be that to to break that record, be the first. English team to, to do it is amazing and you know we're in this Europa League now and you know a lot of things were said about the Conference League, oh, it's the Conference League but we're just taking that run into the Europa League you know and we're, we're beating these teams, Freiburg away, it's a difficult fixture everyone said the most difficult fixture um, in the group, yeah. we've got Olympiacos net away net but yeah it's, it's been you know when I look at it and I said this in, in the group to Pots because a lot was made of Brighton in this competition. Oh, how can you think that you could possibly win this competition with Brighton in it? And Brighton, Brighton, Brighton. It's like Brighton ain't won a game in Europe yet. They've not won a single game in this competition. We we do this. This is what we are. We are a European team now. We win games in Europe. So all this, all this fanfare over Brighton... <laughs> they, let them get their first win because I think they're going to be dropping down and, and competing with Aston Villa in the Conference League. We've been making hard work of that. So yeah, we're loving it. Mate. That that's another kind of words with you and Billy with regards to Aston Villa. But look, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this question straight out. Are you? Do you think you're going to go the the furthest of all the English teams in the Europa League? So you, Liverpool, Brighton. Do you see yourselves? flying the flag for England in the Europa League mm. this season? I think it's tough because I think Liverpool are going to, they're going to do well. I think they are going to go far. They're looking, they look, the first game they looked shaky, but then they came back and won convincingly. So they're going to be our biggest threat in this competition. Now it all depends on the draw, right? And how, and, and the teams that we all get, that is a massive part of any cup competitions, that luck of the draw. Um, you know, and as you guys found out, you guys have been put in a, ma a really difficult group and you've got four points, which is amazing. It's four points out of that group from your first two games, one of them being away, is great. But it's, you know, you could have got drawn in a much easier group and then you maybe have, could finish top of that group easily and things like that. But then it's like, OK, say you finish second in this group. You're going to be drawn against one of the winners of the other group and all of that stuff you have to think about. So for us, I think Liverpool win their group. I think we win our group. Then we skip the next round with the Champions League teams dropping down, which hopefully won't be Newcastle, won't be one of them. Hopefully you're in the next round. Um, but then we've got to see where we get from there. So I'd love to do Liverpool in the final, get revenge for the FA Cup 2006. Yeah. And uh, that would be beautiful, but yeah, it's hard for me to say we're going to go further than Liverpool because it's the cup. It's, it's all luck of the draw, man. Mm. 
Chris, I'm going to ask you, what do you make of? I'm seeing Lawlesses all over the place. Every time I shift my head, he's there behind He's everywhere. everywhere. (laughs) We're certainly giving you your flowers, that's for sure. But uh, uh, Chris, um, what do you make of West Ham this season? Um, I'll I'll, I'll whack the table up whilst we're here. Um, uh, I'll I'll put that for a reason, just because we've got got Man United in 10th and and Mm -hmm. they're... They're, like, they're rock bottom of that top half of the table. So it's nice to see from that perspective. But um, point difference between us, you're in seventh, we're in eighth. Um, but, but Chris, from your perspective, you know, West Ham start to the season. What, what have you made of it? And, and what have you been most impressed by uh, with regards to West Ham? Well, I know I know Lawless uh, at the start of the season, like he was very confident, and I, I must admit I didn't share that confidence. Um, but I've I've just been like really really impressed with with West Ham. You know they've they've come out fighting, and um, they've put last season behind them. Obviously, it ended well with the you know with winning the uh, the Conference League, but you know the Premier League there was there was doubts, wasn't there, over Moyes and you know can he can he get this team to perform? But I think the big thing for me has been. They, they use the vice money really, really well. And I know, again, having watched the 12th man, that, you know, there was a little bit of concern about, the, you know, there was no one coming in and a little bit of panic and stuff, but they've gone out and they've bought really, really well. And obviously keeping those of Lucas Paqueta is is huge. Um, and he's he started the season really well as well. But I just I just think there's just a nice blend with West Ham at the minute. And even even down to, you know, like the, the defence, like Aguerd and Zuma, you know, they've been performing well and Ariola's come in. And am I right in thinking, Lawless, that Ariola's replaced Fabianski? Was Fabianski still first choice at the back end of last season and now he's gone with Ariola? Or was he integrated more towards the end of last season? Yeah, no, I think it's it's been more of a yeah, like Fabianski all the way through was the Premier League goalkeeper, Ariola was the cup keeper, and now it's just been a hard change. Yeah. As soon as the season started, which I think Fabianski was a little bit unhappy with but he's nearly 40 years old yeah yeah but no i've been i've been majorly impressed with west ham and every time i've watched them they're always in the game and i know sometimes when i was watching them last season it was just like they were lacking something or Moyes wasn't quite sure you know Moyes always looked like a rabbit in headlights he always looked nervous and he always looked you know like when they went one nil down you could almost see in his face that he was like yeah we've had it now but there's like the renewed optimism and whether that's just the fans, whether it's the team, whether it's the manager, I don't know. But I enjoy watching West Ham these days and and, and I think they've got lots of exciting players, you know, who they've brought in most recently and also the players, existing players that they had. And I, I actually now think, you know, they, they could really have, you know, a good a good season. Not not in just in the Europa League, but also in the Premier League. I just think, I, I feel like they've... they've They've kind of found their place now, and the the players are really starting to gel. Yeah, definitely. Uh, look, you, you I've, I've just given a little snapshot of some of the players that you've come in. James Ward Price there, uh, Kudus, who yeah, I don't think you've seen too much of. Not seen the best of him yet, and he's yeah. fantastic, by the way. Yeah, he, he is a talented player. Um, you got uh, obviously a player that we were linked with as well um, in, in there in terms of Alvarez. Like out of those three. Uh, um, who would you say have been has been the standout for you in terms of the the, the signing that you brought in? Yes, yeah, it's, it's tough. It, it, it's a tough one between Alvarez and Ward Prowse because both have been absolute quality. But yeah, Ward Prowse is for what we paid for him 
has been unbelievable and uh, like he's exceeded my expectations massively for what he's been able to come in and how influential he's been able to be um you know people just look at him in uh, as a set piece this set piece guy but he does so much more it's like having a player in the midfield now who can pass the ball as well as he does it it's just makes a big difference makes a big difference so yeah i'd have to give it ward prowse i can't believe how good he's been for us it's mad mm. <laughs> yeah that 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 guy he needed he needed slapping down that man united fan what nonsense what absolute <laughs> nonsense for no for those who don't know this man united fan said that um no newcastle player gets into man united's team uh yeah not one newcastle player gets into their their team so it's sure. absolutely <laughs> it, it, it absolutely it absolutely is, but but just it, for me, when I saw that, when I see these things, I just kind of laugh because I just find them hilarious. That like Man U fans, like there was no need to bring that up. It was like I think it was after like the PSG game. It was like the next day, and like there was clearly like bags full of salt there that like we were getting applauded for for, for putting off a result like that. Um, but just 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 out of interest, like who who would you? I'll ask you, um, uh, Chris, as well. But like, who would you say, Lawless, will get in to that Man United team from a Newcastle perspective? I think it'd be easier to do with the other way around, please. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely. I'm going to ask you, Chris, that question. But I'm going to ask you, Lawless, who do you think that the West Ham players could get okay. into the Man United team? So, Chris, I'll start Fair with enough. you. Who Who are the Newcastle players that you think? would get into that Man United team. But like, like I say, if it's easier, do it the other way around. Um, yeah, people but, chat, but what are you thinking as well? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, at the moment, I'd take Pope over Anana for a start. Um, I'm definitely not taking Dallow over Trippier. Um, I'm I'm having Fabshaw and Botman at the back. Um, I know obviously Varane's in there and you could argue maybe Varane over Shaw, possibly. So maybe that one, I don't know. <laughs> Even though not we've Man been United watching not Man United Varane. Man United Varane is not... Man United Varane's not... No, I agree. I agree. I don't know but if you Man... agree with that, Lawless. Like, Real Madrid Varane, he's he's probably he's in yeah. the team. But not Man United. But would, would, you would, would Varane next to Botman be Varane of Real Madrid mm. or the fact that he's next to Maguire? Question. Mm. That's Yeah, that's the thing. It's an interesting one because he obviously is a, a great player. He obviously is a very great player, but... He is playing in a, a really shit team, so you got to give him a bit of the benefit of the doubt because there are some players you just look in that team and just go, "No, nah, I'm not having you at all." Yeah, interesting, in interesting. Well, sorry, Chris. Yeah, carry on with what because you, you, you did the back five, I think, uh, midfield. Yeah, um, sorry, the last one would probably be. <clears throat> I mean, you could argue an informed fit. Luke Shaw would probably get in get in yeah. the left back, probably. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair to say, even though we we love Dan Byrne. Um, midfield Bruno Fernandes of two years ago, maybe, but he, for the last 18 months, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have Bruno Fernandes in our midfields, I, I genuinely wouldn't. Um, Casemiro would, uh, yeah. Casemiro would get in, uh, which would then push Bruno further forward, which would be great. Um, yeah, other than Casemiro, I probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't take no, I, I wouldn't take, um, no, I think it's just Casemiro. Just Casemiro would get in. In terms of the front three, 
Um, Alexander Isaac's in all day. Um, on the right, would they take Anthony or uh, James Sancho? <laughs> no, um, absolutely not. And then on the left, again, you could argue an inform Marcus Rashford, but again, you know, since he signed his new contract, I think he's he's just looked disinterested again. So I'd, I'd he's, he's never really been consistent. That's his no. problem. Um, no. I can't feel there's not. I can't think many seasons where it's like the whole season go wow. He's what brilliant season where he didn't just go quiet. Hmm. Yeah, I, I said this to Saeed last week. I I, I had it out with him. I just, I was just I just came I just came clean and I just said Marcus Rashford will never be the superstar player that Man United want because he's just not exactly what you said, Lord. He's just not consistent enough. Yeah. He had his moments. He scored a few goals last season. He had a he had a good season goal wise, but it was very much in in, in clumps. But for long parts, when he wasn't performing, he was absolute dog. Do you think? Do you think it's a mentality thing? I don't know. I don't I mean, know. Some of his decision making definitely lets him down. So it's mm. definitely, definitely not all ability. Yeah, no, 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 you're absolutely right. But Chris, are you going with Anthony Gordon on the uh, on on the left? Yeah, yeah, I'd go Anthony Gordon, especially especially you know uh, since he since he's coming to Newcastle. Um, I'd, I'd have to. So the only, so basically to summarise, the only players that I consider is Luke Shaw, Varane, Casemiro. I think that's about it. And they, I'm not 100 on them three, but they'd be the three I consider. So to stick with that Anthony Gordon conversation, I'm going to bring it up to you, Lawless, because I know initially you kind of questioned <laughs> it on talk man. Oh, 45 million. You know, he's not money. So. Uh, and to be fair, look, look I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, we had our question marks too at the back end of last season because we weren't seeing what we're seeing now. But but what do you make of Anthony Gordon now? Now, interestingly, more importantly, he is suspended for the game on Sunday. So it's a big, big loss for us. And it's a big plus for West Ham because he is arguably our best performer this season. But what do, what have you made of him like from what you've watched? Like, because we're we're waxing lyrical about him as Newcastle fans. We absolutely love the guy. Like he is epitomizing everything that Newcastle United is about under Eddie Howe at the moment, in our opinion. What have you made of him from what you've seen? Yeah, I mean, he's he's looking much better. He's really um yeah, stepped up this season. And I think it is a credit to Eddie Howe's coaching and obviously being in a team that isn't absolutely completely shit like Everton, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> that helps, that helps for sure. So he's, he's got yeah. to have the preseason and all of that with the team, buy into what Eddie Howe's doing, have better players around him. Um, yeah. So he's flourishing. I think that's what it comes down to. So yeah, it's looking like, Maybe I mean I think it's too early. He's got yeah, forty-five mil well spent. It's going to be one of them. Less he needs to be able to be consistent with it. Um, and you can look back maybe midway, halfway through the season, and go, wow, yeah, like he's been brilliant. Definitely. Um, look, quick, quick word, Chris, from yourself. Craig Lee just put in the chat: two goals, two assists, and one two penalties. Uh, you're absolutely right, Craig Lee. He has. Um, He's, he's, he's uh, it, it, has he exceeded your expectations? Because I know you've been a big fan of him and you, know, you were very much wishing him on to have a really good season right from the beginning of the summer. Um, mm. And you'd, you'd voice that quite a few times. What have you made of Anthony Gordon? Where, where are you at with your assessment of him? 
Yeah, I mean, he's, he's he's really impressed me. He's been he's 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 exceeded my expectations. And to be honest, I I felt good about the start of the season because obviously he had such a strong under twenty one tournament where he got named player of the tournament. Um, a lot of my uh, blue mates were telling me that we've been robbed. They say that you've spent too much money on him. He's not worth it. And I'll be deadly honest, Pete. As soon as we signed him, as excited as I was, I was excited because I knew that Eddie and the coaching staff really wanted him. So I thought, well, you know, we trust them, and obviously I trust their opinion. But I was a little bit worried, if I'm honest, because I thought 45 million is a lot. You know, well, 40 rising to 45. Um, but he's a good age, or great age. Um, so that was that was that was that was a good uh, a good start. I know we haven't, no, we haven't. It's, it, we need to get back to transfer transfer season. Yeah. Don't we? Um, but yeah, he, he, I, so the, the potential was there, but it was just a lot of money, and I wondered as well how talking about what I said about Rashford before, how his mentality was going to be. Brand new city, I know obviously he's from England, but you know, brand new city, uh, and I hoped that the fans would get behind him. And I wonder, actually, you know, there's a big feel-good factor around Newcastle, obviously, since the takeover and the fact that we're now doing well. But I, I, I was wondering to myself the other day, I wonder whether he would have hit the ground running like he has this season if it was under the likes of Steve Bruce and whether the fans would have got on his back a bit earlier. Because at the back end of last season, um, when he wasn't quite up to speed, he wasn't fit, there was a few moments where he came off and it was a bit like... Like he's he's not looking great, but we all said we'll give him till the start of this season and see how he how he does. And in fairness, he's he's really at the ground running, and I think he'll be a big miss on Sunday. Yeah, it'll be a massive miss. But oh, Steve Bruce, Jesus Christ, it, it, it was really interesting. And Lloyd, you might not even know know about this, but um, it, there's a few people. Part of the time, for example, George Colkin um did a pod um in in reaction to the PSG game. And they were talking about Fabian Shaw. Obviously, he scored a sensational fourth goal to 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 clinch the the guarantee the victory. But um, Steve Bruce had Fabian Shaw sold to the point where I think he was at the airport in the January window, the year before we actually got the takeover, which is just absolutely insane. He wouldn't like in our la in the last game under the under the um, the Bruce era, or, or should we say the the Ashley era? When we lost the Wolves on that day, literally this weekend or, or the previous weekend, last uh, two years ago, um, Fabian Shaw like wasn't even being played. Like he was literally like was surplus to requirements. Now look at him, partnership with Botman, arguably one of the best in the league, best got best defensive record last season with him in, and to be able to play on the ground with football and, and to score the goals he's scoring right now. And we signed him for three million. Deportivo Lacarina got relegated the season we signed him for three million. That was his release clause. And look what he's doing now. And like Steve Bruce, Jesus Christ, man. Bit of staying in there. <laughs> we, we, we'd have had all Joe Linton had been sold, which probably would have been happy about at the time, not gonna lie. Shaw would have gone. Amiron probably would have been sold. I fear for what that team would have looked like. With, with Steve I Bruce. think he deserved an opportunity to have spend Saudi money. I want to see Steve Bruce with Saudi yeah, money. Saudi no, Steve. I'm not having that. I'm Don't telling you, Saudi that. Steve would have been cooking at this club. Saudi Steve. You don't even deserve that name, Saudi Steve. Jesus <laughs> Christ, man. You are, you're on the wind up. You are. What could that. have been? <laughs> what yeah. could have been? 
yeah, relegation is what could have been if it had stayed at the club. So that's what would have happened. But uh, but uh, look, I want to get back to your team really, really quickly. And then um, I think there might be a few, just a few questions in the chat for you already on various different things. So who would you have very, really quickly? Um, who would you, who would you, who do you think would get into that Man U squad or equally to make it maybe easier? Who do you think would get into your squad from Man U? Well, yeah, because I think Ariola over Anana definitely. Um, mm. Yeah, Varane, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to have Varane because he's quite, he's, you know, still legendary, right? Mm. Although obviously, I just catch up to him. Casemiro, definitely, I'm taking. Um, because, and then, you know, I'm liking Hoyland. Hoyland looks actually mm. to be one of the decent mm. signs they've made, but like, it's still early doors on him. So I would, I'd still take Rashford at my club I, I, up front and then have like Bowen and um, Kudus and Paqueta there behind him. And then, um, yeah, Casemiro, like I said, definitely would get him maybe with. Um, Oh, it's a tough one. Yeah, War Prowse. I'm not like I said. What's his name? Bruno Fernandez. I'm not having that guy. I can't stand him. He's been. I was going to say. What, 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 to be fair, you don't. You never really talk positively about him, and and damn Man United always kind of um, it jumps to his defense to a certain. Point he scored all these goals. How many of them were penalties? How many of them were penalties? Do you know what I mean? And he's oh, he's just he's just a crap captain. I don't know whose idea was it to put the armband on him? But that's yeah, a terrible decision. decision. <laughs> I just we were actually linked with him like before he went to Man United, and we didn't get it get it done. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not saying we're too good for Fernandez, but I would just rather not. I'd rather not. I, he just comes with so much baggage. I just think he's just a whinging just inconsistent mess of a player so uh yeah i'm not taking him um but yeah and and emerson i'm having over amrabat left back yeah sure maybe sure is at his peak of his powers but emerson's gone under under radar for us man for sure um and then yeah zoomers zoomers maybe zoomer with varan um so it's a tough one if wambasaka's fit i thought he's definitely a right back it's an interesting one, like combined 11 thinking about that and Man United. I just hope their misery continues. It's brilliant to see. Um, their fans are hilarious. <laughs> they don't know whether they're coming or going. So, um, yeah, long may it continue. Yeah, they're, they are very much flip-flops at the moment. One minute they're, uh, they're loving life, and the next minute they are uh, <laughs> they're literally calling for the manager to go. It is it changes. You know what the hilarious oh. thing was they beat Palace in the cup and they're like, Oh, this football's brilliant. Look at this. You know, we had Dan United <laughs> going, Johnny Evans, all of this, right? They were loving it. Then Palace beat them in the Premier League and they're like, Oh, this is terrible. Tenog, what are you doing? Oh, get the get the Norwich scarves out. Bloody <laughs> Oh my god, biggest flip-flops going. They are, definitely. Um, long may it continue. You said it. I think we all agree with it as Newcastle fans. Long may it continue because it does help us. Like, you're seventh in the league. We're eighth in the league. Having someone like Man United down there along with Chelsea allows what like one or both of us 
to be in with, in with the chance this season, uh, to, to be able to, you know, push for top six, push for top four, where, where we want to be fighting. So it gives us a great opportunity to do that. But um, what questions do we have in there, Chris, that we could throw at Lawless? Yeah, we've got some. We've got some really interesting ones, actually. Um, let's see. Oh, have we got? Have we got? I think, did you mention we got a couple of super chats? Yes, actually, yes, we do. We do. Let's super go to that. We've got, we've got a super chat. Big shout out to Josie Mick. Thank you very much, Josie Mick. Um, for your yeah, Josie Mick, top blog. Yeah, uh, welcome to my favourite J- Josie Jamaican. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> bloody, thank you, mate. It's a bloody pleasure to be here, man. That's <laughs> where that, that was a, that was a tint of, of Indian in there as well. I used to watch Biker Grove religiously as a kid. I used to watch the shit out of Biker Grove, like as a kid. So it was a bit fresher. And I was a big Ant and Deck fan as well as a kid. So obviously, I haven't been watching Geordie content for a while. So it's you know a bit rusty, but it's, a, it's there. It's there. Getting there, getting there, that's for sure. Um, so first first one I go to is off Geordie Tune for Life, and he says, Lawless, I know we'll probably get to this in a bit, but we'll 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 skip forward quickly. So uh, Lawless, will Antonio be fit for Sunday? And also, what are your thoughts on War Prowse not being picked for England? Personally, I think it's a disgrace. Good question. Uh yeah, I mean it's I think it's up in the air on Antonio. I, I can't call it either way. Um what's the problem? Right. Yeah, um, what was it? What was it he said that was he just felt it's not like a massive problem, but it ruled him out being in the Europa League game last night, mm. some sort of knock or some sort of something like that. Um, so there's a chance he won't play, which I'm not fussed either way at the moment. He started the season really well, but mm. you know, I think having the team with Kudus, um, Bowen. And Paqueta, like them three together, it's just unbelievable. So Kudus up front is, I'm more than happy with that. And then, um, yeah, Warpress not being picked, it, it, yeah, it is a disgrace. I think, like, the form that he's been on, he, he deserves a shot. If you can't put him in in these games, these friendlies, just to give him a look, let him have a cap, let him see how he gels in with the team, it's an option. It's an option. And, like, the, the, those set pieces, he's the best set piece taker in the country. Um, why is he not being picked? Why is he not getting a look in at least? So typical Southgate. Yeah, you, you know what? Um, we 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 could we could kind of squeeze in that conversation quickly, Chris. I'll come to you about Anthony Gordon. Mm. Um, I, I said it to you, and I said it. Um, I think I might have said it on Sai's channel as well. But we've talked about it on Loaded. Like I, I fully expected Gordon to be called up. I really did. I thought he was. He's been performing so well. He's he's got the goals and assists, but he's got got the performances to back that up. He's come through the under twenty threes. They won the competition. He got player of the competition. Why not reward that? Exactly what Laws just said about James Ward Prowse. Why not reward that with an opportunity to play some friendlies, to bed them into the squad, get them used to first team football. Um, what what were you were you bothered by the fact that they weren't picked? Like were you pissed off? We, we gutted for him. Like, what, what were your thoughts? 
I was I was gutted for him personally, but to be honest, I mean, you know my thoughts on England anyway, Pete. Like, I'm not I'm not a big fan, if I'm honest. And uh, you know, Southgate turns me off even more because, you know, he, he pushes this narrative, doesn't he? That you know, oh, I'll pick players on form and I'll pick players, mm. you know, if they deserve it. And he clearly doesn't because you know he's he still continues to pick the likes of Harry Maguire, the likes of Calvin Phillips. And it's just it's just lazy selection all the time. And there's there's some players out there who really deserve call ups, and you know have been playing really really well. Um, from a from a, a club perspective, I'm actually really pleased that Anthony Gordon hasn't been called up because I just don't want him to have any more games. And I'm quite happy now that he can you know have a little uh, little bit of training you know with uh, with Eddie Howe and get himself ready for you know the next the next important game. Um, so I, I it doesn't bother me at all. That players don't get selected for England. It's like it's like Nick Pope as well. Do you know what I mean? Like he's picked, he's he's not picked Nick Pope, but he's picked Adam Ramsdale, who can't get a game for Arsenal. Has been dropped, and it's just like, well, you know, Nick Pope's playing Champions League football. You know, he's getting he's getting clean sheets at the San Siro, but he's not yeah. good enough to be second or third choice goalkeeper. It's it's it, you know, it's leading to it. But as I say, it it just means that uh, our players stay at home. I do feel sorry for the players because I'm sure they've got aspirations of playing for the country, and you know, I, I get it. Must be disappointing, but I, I, from a club perspective, I'm happy about it because I, I don't care if they go or not. To be honest, well, we were speaking to James Collins yesterday at uh, this event, and he said it's just for as a player representing your country, it's the biggest honour you could have like it's the, how much it means to players football players represent their different countries it's, it's everything to them so yeah I agree like when you think about it for, for, as a fan of your club you know you've got everything to lose and nothing to gain because your players get injured and tired and worn out but when you support those players you want those players to realise their ambitions at your club and their dream for their country and you want them to do that whilst at your club and you're happy for them and it means the world. So, yeah, honestly, like I just, for me, if none of them got picked on that basis, well, we get to rest. But same time, you know, I know how much it means to those players and it's, it, you know, drives them on. So it's just a shame when you have just people like Southgate, you know, who just picks the same crap every time. It's so, crazy. And it, it shows I must have a problem with Southgate or England because, funnily enough, when you were saying that, I was thinking, well, actually, I'm made up, you know, when, when Joe Linton or Bruno get selected for Brazil. Like, I'm, I'm delighted for them because I know how important it is to them and how, like, prestigious it is. Um, but maybe, maybe, so maybe it's just a Southgate thing. Maybe I just think, you know what, you're better off not going anyway, mate. It's like when um, he selected Ivan Tony for the three games last year, whenever it was, and then just didn't play him. And it's like, well, yeah. so what have you what have you gained from that? You know, you're going into a major tournament and these games are here to, you know, try and test, get the players in and around the training, get them used to, you know, going away and playing with real high or the supposedly, you know, the best caliber players that you can get in the country. But instead you bring them and yes, he's has the training and the experience, but why not give them 20 minutes, half an hour? Why not just let them have a little go and see what it's like and, you know, experience it. But instead, he brings them all the way out there, doesn't play him, and then now we're none the wiser as to whether or not he wants to select him in the squad for a big tournament because he hasn't actually given him a go. I just don't yeah. get it. Yeah. You need to know whether they can play at that level. Yeah. You're absolutely yeah. right. So why not throw him in and give them a, give them the test? Um, in a pointless friendly? Yeah. 100%, you're right. Um 
guys, let's start getting into the game. Let's start talking about the game, the big game um, on Sunday. Let's talk tactics. Let's talk lineups. Um, but of course, um, when we do this, we need some stats, guys. Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. The foulest stenches in the air, the funk of 40,000 years, and grisly ghouls from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver. For no mere mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. <laughs> Evening, lads. I like magic. He appears. Double O Stato, Doctor Doom, as we like to call him for his predictions. And uh, Keith Roll, how you doing, fella? Back for another away days and still buzzing off. Fantastic result on Wednesday. Absolutely. Um, what a shocker eh? in terms of surprise. You know, couldn't be up. Yeah, really, it's got to go down as one of the club's greatest. Um, in the history, really, certainly for a European night. I'm so over the moon with that, really. And don't know if I'm coming or going with all these shows. You know, this is about the fourth one in a week. So, you know, just <laughs> over a week. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, spot on. Brilliant stuff. Uh, well, what's that you got for us this week? Uh, West Ham, Newcastle United, massive game. Yeah, I've got loads of stats here. I've got um, loads of head to head stats. Um, Attack and defensive stats, um, manager stats, goalkeeper stats, player stats, quite a few player stats for both West Ham and Newcastle, and then some general stats to round off. So Newcastle's all-time record in this fixture, um, played 142 times, won 59, drawn 40, and lost 43. The head-to-head in the Premier League, 40 games, um, between the two sides. Newcastle have won 19, they've drawn 11 and they've lost 10. Um, Newcastle have got a really good record at the London Stadium. Uh, we like going down to London Stadium. We like it even more than Wembley. Um, Newcastle have won four times down at London Stadium. They've drawn one and they've lost one of the six games they've played there. Um, also scored the most goals in this fixture as well. Uh, 70 goals compared to 51 for West Ham. However, West Ham have got a better defensive record in the fixture with 17 clean sheets compared to Newcastle's 14. Moving on to the managers. Eddie Howe, his record in games, he's managed against West Ham. He's managed 16 games. Uh, he's won six, he's drawn six, and he's lost four. And... David Moyes, his record as a manager in games against Newcastle. He's managed 32 games, won 11, drawn 9 and lost 12. So virtually down the middle there for David Moyes. Goalkeepers, Nick Pope, he's kept five clean sheets for Newcastle this season compared to Alphonse Areola, who has one clean sheet in seven games for West Ham this season. Probably more. Callum Wilson. 
Um, he scored 12 goals in 13 games against West Ham, and that's the most number of goals he's scored against any other team. Wow. Only James Madison and Kevin De Bruyne, with both four goals, have uh, more goals from outside the penalty area in the Premier League since the start of the season than Newcastle's Miguel Almiron with three and obviously he scored the other night as well in the Champions League as well yeah. um, and Kieran Trippier as well he has as many uh, assists in his last two Premier League games for Newcastle which is four than in his previous 29 appearances for Newcastle in the uh, competition Jared Bowen he's been in great form for West Ham um, he's been directly involved in eight goals in his last nine Premier League games. Uh, so he's got six goals and he's got two assists. However, he's never scored in seven previous Premier League games against Newcastle, which is surprising, really. Um, James Ward-Prowse, uh, we just mentioned him earlier. Uh, he's set to make his 350th appearance uh, this weekend. Um, and he's been directly involved in nine goals and he's passed 10 Premier League matches with four goals and five assists. So he's been playing really well as well, uh, Mr. Southgate. Um, in the last Premier League game, um, Vladimir um, Kufal uh, became just the fifth uh, player to assist a goal in three consecutive Premier League uh, games for West Ham. Uh, and that, that was the first um, since Mikel Antonio did that in August 2021. Just rounding off with some general stats. Um, since losing 3-0 and 2-0 against West Ham in 2018 season, Newcastle have scored in their past eight Premier League games against West Ham, losing just one game in that eight. They've won four and drawn three against West Ham. Um, after beating Sheffield United, West Ham became the 10th team to reach 350 wins in the Premier League. Um, and West Ham have made their best start in the Premier League um, for eight years with 13 points from their first seven games. Um, they scored in nine games in a row, um, scoring nine, uh, 17 goals in that run. Um, Newcastle are undefeated in seven Premier League trips to London. Um, they've won four and they've drawn three. Ten players have scored for Newcastle in the Premier League this season more than any other side. And Newcastle could equal their club record of four consecutive top flight wins without conceding a goal, which is, was first set in 1909 and was matched in 2012. And that rounds off your stats. Fantastic. I just, I just like to, I just like to add one more while I was waiting in the green room as well. What I found out as well when you were talking about James Ward-Prowse, which I've put into the chat. Yeah. James Ward-Prowse is one goal away from equaling David Beckham's Premier League record of 18 goals from direct free kicks, and he's also two away from breaking that, and he still doesn't get picked. Sorry, because I just I just saw it. So yeah, but there it is, uh, and I did, we we did see that earlier, and that's a fantastic record uh, to be lit up 
uh, in West Ham colours because effectively, regardless of what he did at Southampton, he gets the record at West Ham, surely. Yeah. You'd be buzzing at that, Lawless. You tick that off the list. That's what I mean. He, he can just score two more free kicks for the rest of his career and whatever happens, he broke the record at West Ham. Uh, so yeah. that will get all of the glory. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully, you know, we get a few few free kicks on the edge of the air on the weekend. Like on the week, yeah, be buzzing. Yeah, it, to be fair, there was a few years ago under Bruce where uh, I think we still won the game three one, but he scored an outrageous free kick at St James's Park. Yeah, um, mm. it, it was. I think it was during the lockdown. The lockdown. Season. He did have a good record. I think he got a, when he was at West. Uh, sorry, at Southampton against Newcastle at St James's. I think he he also got a late penalty. I think and a two two. I think. At yeah, the start yeah. of the season, right? Remember that. Uh, that was the season before. That was the season of the takeover, right at the beginning of the season. I think Maxi scored to put his two-one up, and then they equalised in the last second. But we'll see. We will see. I, I, I put the I put the ticker down there, the banner at the bottom. I smashed the likes. I think we've got what 60, 70 likes, but we've had. 340, 350, 360 in the chat um, over the course of this show. Still still rocking high numbers. Everyone's hit the like right now. Come and subscribe to the channel. Let's get us up to uh, to 7K. Get us on the on the move. <clears throat> if you haven't clicked the like, just click it now um, and help out the channel. That's for sure. Um, boys, let's get down to it. Let's get down to business. The lineups. Let's see what the lineups are going to be, in our opinion, coming in um, on Sunday. And you can see that on the screen. Uh, we've got the West Ham squad across the bottom here. Lawless, talk us through your 11 and formation for me. Um, and the boys are ready for Sunday. Who are you starting in goal? Uh, well, it's definitely going to be Ariola. That much I do know. That's without a doubt. Ariola will be in goal. Um, but yeah, this is going to be... a Fairly tricky one to predict, especially up top. But uh, yeah, so Ariel being goal for sure. How's your defense looking? What, what are you going for? Three, four, three at the back, four at the back. Three, four. Uh, Sufal right back, and then okay. Zuma and Gued as the centre back partnership. Zuma play right back, uh, right centre back, uh, right sided. Yep, Gued is left sided. And then Emerson left back. There we go. Uh, and then I think we will have Alvarez and Suchek. Alvarez, uh, as defensive material. I mean, it's it's been kind of like just Alvarez. Like Suchek has this this weird free roll um, type of thing. So, so do they start together? Do, do they start like this, or is it more like this? Yeah, I mean, it's we, typically I think we play like a four-one-four-one, so it is quite more like that. But some people, some people believe it's them two together. But from what I've always seen, like it's, it's not. It's it's Suchek is, is a little bit more advanced um, when we have the ball anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we can do that. Um, and then we've got Ward Prowse as well, obviously in the midfield in front where of Alvarez. Do, where's his starting position? Where do you have him? Does he is it more that he's yeah, like so he's about yeah, he's in the center central midfield, okay? Um, um bah, bah, bah. and then we got on the right, obviously, Jared Bowen 100%. Okay, 
he's had a great start to the season. And then, oh, this is going to be interesting. This is going to be very interesting. Lord, yeah, just to ask, against yeah. Freiburg, did Kudos start through the middle? Yeah, I believe so. Um, I missed the, first, the actual start of the game, but for actually, I think he was uh, through the middle. This is the thing. I'm going to go if, if based on Antonio's not playing. So, Paqueta will be on the left wing, I think. Moyes has sort of been playing him there in these sort of games against uh, the tougher tougher opponents. He provides a little bit more cover for Emerson. Yeah, um, you know his his defensive work rate is quite un, un um, underrated. Um, and then yeah, maybe yeah, Kudus through the middle. So as we're doing like a four-one-four-one type of formations. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to go. It wouldn't surprise me if there's a few differences up the foot up front. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you just really quickly before I go to the boys from the Newcastle team. Um you've got a few players here. You've got Maxwell Corne. Um you've got yeah. Danny Ings. What's going on with these boys? I haven't really seen too much of them this season. What, uh, <clears throat> yeah Ings just doesn't fit he just does not suit West Ham. He's he's like a passenger. I don't know why he keeps playing him. Um, yeah, not really. Doesn't really add much. Corne has pace, but I mean, he had a big injury last season that took him out of the team for quite a while, and he sort of struggled to really get back in. I mean, he doesn't know what the offside rule is, which doesn't help. Um, so yeah, that's that's held him back a bit. Um, but yeah, there's quality players like there then come in like Ben Rama, of course. Um, you know, to come off the bench and we have his creativity there. We've got young Mubama who can play who's a striker who we're hoping gets a little bit more opportunities, especially ahead of Ings. So yeah, there's some good players. Well, like our squad depth is 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 decent this year. Chris, they've got some good options there. What what, what do you make of their what do you make of their team and and like Lorda said, that couple, a few options: you know, Antonio Ings, Benrahma, Corne, Fornells. We've not even talked about what, what you make of the team and and how it's set up, mate. Yeah, it's a really strong eleven, isn't it? And like like I was saying earlier, you know about how West Ham have impressed me this season. It's actually difficult when you when you look at the eleven. It's actually difficult to kind of see a weakness, um, which you know is is credit to West Ham. And you know, like that midfield three, that's a strong midfield three. Um, mm -hmm. The two lads at the back, uh, Aguerd and uh, Zuma, have had fantastic seasons. Um, the wing backs playing really well. I mean, I'm sure West Ham will probably look to um, maybe, maybe perhaps not Emerson, but you know they may want to upgrade Kufal in time to come. But I, st I still rate him. I still think you know he's a, he's a decent fullback. Um, and then that front three, that front three can cause anyone problems. Uh, Paqueta on the left and Bowen on the right, and then you know obviously Kudos through the middle, who's got pace to burn. Um, and I, I, I do feel like when he gets to run in this West Ham team, we'll probably see you know all the all the um, all the attributes and all the all the all the energy he's got as well, you know, uh, that he showed the Ajax. So I think, I think it's exciting. It's exciting for uh, West Ham having him up front. Definitely, definitely. Um, right, let's get to the Newcastle team. So um, obviously, we're nursing a few injuries at the moment. Uh, don't know if you uh, listened to the presser, um, Eddie Howe's presser. I haven't listened but, to it um, yet. No. So um, I think they're going to make late calls on Joe Linton and 
Callum Wilson, the, I think they've both been training, as far as Eddie Howe said. So there's a chance that they could both play, which would be a massive uh, plus. Um, Botman's definitely out, which is a massive um, shame for us, along with obviously Gordon being suspended. Um, Willock and, and, um, and Barnes are sort of more long-term because Willock hasn't even done pre-season yet. So he's, um, he's a little bit behind. But what, what are you going for? Uh, Chris, get your team, get Keith to critique it as we always do uh, and give his opinions on, 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 on the lineup. But who, who are you going for? Start with the goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. So Nick Pope will definitely be in goal. Um, I, su- I suppose, uh, do you know what? And I want Keith to correct me here if I'm wrong or if he thinks I'm wrong, but I, I think he will probably play the same back four that plays against PSG. The only one that I'm not 100% sure on is whether Liveramento may come in for Trippier. I suppose it just depends because we, we you know, Kevin Trippier is massive for Newcastle, huge, huge player for us. But, you know, these games are coming thick and fast and there's going to come a point where he's going to have to kind of, you know, rest people. But the reason I'm going with Trippier is because obviously we've got the international break coming up. Um, yes, Trippier is going away with England, but... Um, I just, I, I think we'll probably because there's only one more game um, to go, and then there's a bit of a break. I think he'll probably he'll probably play the same back four as he did at PSG. That's my gut feeling, anyway. Definitely going um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think we, I think we will go Trippier. I mean, every week I go, maybe it'll be Lewis Hall, or maybe it'll be Livermento, and we don't, we never pan out. So I, I do think he'll stick with the same back four, especially given how great they were against PSG as well. Yeah. Um, I think the midfield could be shaken up. Um, not overly, but I, I think Bruno will start on the six. Yeah. I think Longstaff will start on the right. But I actually think... I actually think that... Oh, is it Elliot Anderson or... Elliot Anderson or Joe? I was about to bounce between these two here because I thought that might be your... Yeah. Your... And the two. one that I miss out will play on the wing. So I I think okay. I think he will go Elliot Anderson through the middle. So I put Elliot Anderson left centre mid. Left wing, I think, will be Joe Linton. Because obviously we've got no Harvey Barnes, we've got no Anthony Gordon. And I think Joe Linton coming back will be a good thing. I was pleased when you said Pete, that uh, Joe Linton had been in training. And I do believe that him and Wilson, by the sounds of it, just missed um, the PSG game. And they weren't mm. missed probably with this game in mind. Um, so on that basis, I think Callum Wilson will start up front, obviously coming up against his good friend from the podcast. Um, <laughs> so he'll, he'll always you know, want to want to try and bag a goal. Um, and I think on the right, it's very it's very hard, isn't it, to, to drop Mickey Armour on at the minute. Now, I know Jacob Murphy's, you know, waiting, waiting on the sidelines. But again, yeah. because of this international break, I think if we had another game midweek, he may have played Murphy, but I think because we've got the international break, I think he'll play Miggy. Okay. So there's the team. Now, Keith, I'll, I'll get your opinions on this uh, to critique it. Um, what do you make of Chris's team? Do you agree, disagree? Where would you change things? What, what, what are you thinking? Yeah, we're starting to get a little bit thin on the ground, so the uh, international break kind of comes soon enough, really, kind of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's an interesting observation Chris has made about um, the back four and games stacking up and Livramento coming in for Trippier. 
if there was to be one change in that back four, I think probably Livermento would come in. He might still, to build that experience up, because he did so well against Man City, he might play a part on Saturday, certainly on the substitution side, late in the second half, perhaps. But Keith, yeah. do you think if, um, and this is no disrespect to Paqueta at all, because I think Paqueta's brilliant, do you think that he might go with Trippier purely based on the fact that, you know, he's tactically probably more aware than Livermento, I think that's fair to say, and Paqueta isn't somebody who's lightning quick. Do you think he's more likely to stick with Trippier, given that Paqueta's so good on the ball, technically, than Trippier's going to have to be switched on, whereas Livermento would come up against a more pacier winger, perhaps? Yeah, I think that's a fair observation, Chris, certainly. I think away from home as as well against an informed West Ham United team, you don't really change back four. Um, mm-hmm. So I can see Trippier playing, to be honest. If I'm being honest, if you pushed us on it, he's going to be playing. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's fair. Your midfield there, I wouldn't make any changes to that. You've you probably got your strongest at the minute. We've talked on previous shows about long staff and Bruno com- complementing each other. Um, to be honest, in the Premier League at this stage, before he, while he's, he's getting his experience up, I prefer... Um, I prefer not having um, Tenali in the side as much, you know, just while he get used to the pace of the Premier League. I think yeah. he's, I think he's probably better fit for the prem, uh, the the Champs League at the minute for his Champs League experience. So I do like Anderson in the side. Um, again, he was in such good form pre-season. So yep, I'm happy with that. Um, Miggy, yep, he's on bang on form, as was discussed on the stats. They scored another brilliant goal on. Wednesday, so he's he's in for me. I'm not sure about Wilson. Not sure. Not sure he's fit enough. So maybe I think I, I'm more inclined to be thinking about Isaac starting. To be honest, okay. I I just don't think Eddie Eddie will bring him right on from the start if if there's a question mark on his fitness. Mm. So I would be more inclined to go with Isaac. Joe Linton's an interesting one, um, for sure. Yeah. Maybe push him out on the, onto that side um, and have him cut in and provide the chances. Um, I think your only other option would be Murphy, wouldn't it? Really, wouldn't it be really have mm-hmm. Murphy and Almiron on there? And I think I don't know. I just I like the tenacity of uh, Joe Linton, just yeah. just shading it over Murphy. Although I think Murphy, you know, again second half, I think he could come on there and give you Newcastle the fresh legs if need need be in the second second half of the chase in the game. So. For sure, yeah. So that that would be the only change, really, I would make uh, would be Isaac up top. What do you reckon, Pete? Um, I think you're right with the back four, or back five, should I say? Um, midfield. I'm I'm going to stick with that, but I've just got a feeling that he might go with Tonali again. I think Tonali is going to get a run in the team at some point. Um, I just think I don't know whether because it's such a big game and it's away from home whether he's going to go with the experience of Tanani again playing mm. in this role here I thought Tanani was fantastic he was yeah. super against PSG I thought he was the way he pressed um, alongside Bruno everyone talks about Bruno and Tanani can't play in the same midfield they played the same in, in midfield and they were outstanding together 
So I, I do think, I mean, I don't know how fit he is. He hasn't really trained much in the last month, five, six weeks. Um, but he, he's certainly doing the job. That would maybe be the only change I would make to that midfield. I, I, I maybe stick to the midfield, um, the same as PSG. Um, Pete, just to add yeah. in, if that was the case and we put Tonali in there, do yeah. you think that would that would impact on the left wing? Do you think that Elliot Anderson would be preferred over Joe Linton? Do you think it's purely down to fitness? Or do you think if they were both fit, would he still stick with Joe Linton? Or do you think he'd stick Elliot Anderson out there, given his pace against Cooper? Honestly, I don't think Joe Linton's going to play. Do you not think so? I'm not being funny. He came on and within two minutes, he pulled up. Yeah, he, he pulled up, didn't he? Yeah. You, don't, you don't recover from a hamstring in a week. Like if he comes on and has a monstrous game, then he, he is like a machine. Because like if anyone's played football, you know when you even if you strain your hamstring, it's a minimum two weeks. Like I'd be shocked if he's ready to go within 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 a week. So I don't see him starting. I don't see him playing a full nine. That's a really good point you've raised there, Pete. Yeah, actually, yeah. I, just, I, I just think like for me, I just think. If he's gonna if he's gonna be in the squad, he's gonna be on the bench. They're not gonna risk him playing a full ninety minutes. But Joe Linton, you know, like we 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 suffered with it against Brighton because he he will force the issue. He will say, "I'm ready, I want to play." But Eddie Ham made the bad decision and playing him, and he was playing at fifty percent, and he was shocking against mm. Brighton. We got spanked mm. off the back of that. I just and we obviously he... don't want his hamstring to pop, do we? Because anything goes, that that's that's it. Then he's he's Looking out for months, months, months. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I think he's going to manage the situation a little bit more different, a, a little bit different. Um, I, I've got a feeling Jacob Murphy's going to play there. Um, you could play Elliot Anderson there as an option there, but Elliot Anderson's played all of his football in the midfield three. Yeah. yeah. His proper first team football has all been in the midfield three. So honestly, I think that's where he sees Elliot Anderson playing. And I think he's not going to take the risk of like you know, playing someone that can play in that position, like Murphy, starting in the game. Like mm -hmm. Murphy, for other teams outside of Newcastle, is seen as a bit of a light touch, but he will provide that cover for Bowen with Dan Byrne yeah. with his pace yeah, over in there because he's defensively very, very good, um, deceptively mm -hmm. good. Um, but he will cause those problems for Sufal, and he's got pace to burn, and they think he's got he's faster than Sufal in that position. So I just mm -hmm. think he'll maybe go for Murphy and do what he did against PSG. He brought. Elliot Anderson on late, and Elliot Anderson caused havoc. He was great. He was absolutely great, Elliot Anderson, when he came on. Creating movements in this area, either going down the left, cutting inside, creating moments. I think late on in the game, especially if we're winning and we're trying to kind of hold possession, or if we're you know looking for a point, like he's a great player to travel with the ball long distances as the game goes on. So I also agree with Isaac. Like. <laughs> I'd be shocked if, if Wilson starts. Um, I'd be happy if he starts because I want him to because he's got a good record against West Ham. But I just think um, Isaac is getting a run in the team. I think he was a really good performer against PSG. And I think he'll be ready to go again. He'll want to score goals. He'll want to get another goal at the Olympic Stadium. But, but Lawless, your opinion. Um, how does West Ham... Get the better of Newcastle, in your opinion, based on the lineups. Now you can see them on the screen. Where where do you think you can hurt us? Um, mm. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. 
<clears throat> I mean, our counter-attack has been working with, working for us, you know, massively. We've been deadly on the counter-attack mm. um, and just being able to move the ball quickly and much more decisively this season, I think, um, yeah, is going to be big for us. So, obviously, the set pieces are there um, as a great option, having someone Suchet. with the lid. Live... <clears throat> yeah, Suchet. And that is, <clears throat> he, he's someone who I've criticised a lot, but he has his games that he's, you know, you want him in. He's useful in these type of games, these big games. Um, you know, great at sort of just getting stuck in, breaking up the play a bit, breaking up the flow of the opposition's attack, but also good at defending crosses. You know, generally we've been sort of defending quite narrow, forcing players out to the wings, and then you can have Suchek dropping back, helping the defense and helping defend those crosses that we're that are coming in. So it's it's that's worked massively, but also attacking set pieces, attacking crosses and things like that. Um, yeah, so he's a big threat in that regard. You know, he's 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 been back on the goals this season. So yeah, if we can win some corners, some free kicks, um, yeah, I think that's gonna be obviously a massive, massive threat. Paqueta. Even though he's sort of there, I think defensively he's more wide, but you'll see him cut inside a lot. He's not going to be like yeah. running the channels and putting in crosses and that sort of thing. He's going to be linking up with with Kudus and that. Will he play here for some of the time? Will he come in? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, definitely. Him and Bowen are both players that when they're on the wing, they want to cut inside yeah. a lot. Bowen definitely likes to cut. Like he, there are Bowen's times really where Bowen's in here, doesn't he? <clears throat> he likes to come out wide and then cut inside in into this space here. But yeah, I, I, you'll I, see Sufalk overlap him and putting in those crosses from the wide yeah, areas. Yeah. So that's where the crosses yeah. will come from yeah. on the right hand yeah. side. Yeah, and okay. similar is Sufalk because his crossing <clears throat> has been quality. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, you'll see you'll see that there'll be a lot of cutting inside and trying to make things happen centrally, but take some shots, create some set pieces, and I think that's going to be where we hurt Newcastle. <clears throat> nah, good stuff. Um, Pete, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to you, and then I'll come to you, Chris, as well. In your opinion, where do you think um, Newcastle could potentially hurt West Ham? Obviously, we're away from home. Where, where are we going to potentially hurt them? Yeah, again, you're looking at the midfield options, aren't you? Midfield to attack there, Bruno, for sure. Um the industriousness of uh, Longstaff um, and Bruno in that middle of the park, sort of pinging those balls in up top. Um, and Isaac again, I think Isaac grabbed a couple of goals in the last game <clears> down at the uh, London Stadium. So, again, West Ham will be keeping a lively eye on um, Isaac. Um, the unpredictability, and as you say, Pete, the other night he had a great game against PSG, albeit he didn't uh, score the other night. Uh, he'd be looking to put that right. So, that's the options where, and again, you know, Miggy as well, Miggy bang on form as well. Um, great form, and recently he's hitting form again, the, the early season form that he did last season, again this season. So those are the areas, I think, where Newcastle can create the damage against West Ham. Chris, anywhere in particular you think we can hurt West Ham? I think it'll be interesting on the left-hand side, I think, against Kufal. Um, you know, Lawless talked about Kufal, you know, getting getting off the pitch and getting those crosses in. And mm. I think what's going to be interesting about this game for me, particularly when Lawless said about um, 
about West Ham loving the counter attack. That that concerns me a touch because I just hope that we don't go gung ho and really, you know, try and attack West Ham and really, like, you know, get drawn into false potences. And if they can get the ball up quick, we know they've got pace up there with Kudos and um, and Bowen. Obviously, Paquetta's yeah. not slow by any stretch. Um, and then you've got Ward Prowse who can just ping balls all day long. So that 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 is a concern for me. Um, in terms of us, it, it it sounds like we're going to be quite playing quite a similar game to, to each other. And when you when you look at this at the 11s against each other, it it looks like a fairly even battle. Um, so it, it'll just be you know what happens on the day. And uh, I think whether it be Isaac or Wilson, I think that could be where you know we we maybe punish them. And I'm, as I say, I'm interested in the, particularly the left wing side because if it is Jacob Murphy, obviously you know he's going to be really pushing at Kufal and you know the ball um, Kufal going forwards and us trying to you know get into that space in behind so that potentially Murphy or whoever's on the left wing has got a one on one situation with Kate Zuma. But similarly, we'll have the same problem down our side because as we know, mm-hmm. Trippier likes to get forward and no yeah. doubt Paqueta is going to try and expose the likes of Jamal Cells. And he's going to be hoping for a one-on-one, and Jamal Sells is going to have you know difficulty if he hasn't got someone like Longstaff or Bruno trying to defend in with him. And no doubt Shah will be occupied with the striker. So it, yeah. we're going to have to hunt in packs, and I'm sure West Ham are going to be doing the same. No, I agree. I agree. It's going to be really interesting. I think your assessment of it being very similar. I think the teams are going to be very similar. I think Newcastle, Newcastle United, are going to be wanting to hit. West Ham on the break. I think West Ham are going to be wanting to hit Newcastle on the break. And that's where you could get kind of like a bit of a deadlock for for, for chunks of the game, not all of the game, for chunks of the game, because uh, both teams like to do a lot of their good football on the break. I watched you know West Ham against Chelsea, uh, for example, earlier on in the season. That's exactly what you did, Lawless. Correct me if I'm wrong, is that you hit Chelsea on the break. You let them have the ball and have a lot of opportunities at the other end. And then, bang, you had the likes of Antonio and a few others bombing forward and creating opportunities on that counter-attack. And you, you kind of left them for dead. You mentioned a point, Chris, about this area in here. Mm. And this is one thing um, that Byrne did really well against PSG that he doesn't always do well in the Premier League, is that he likes to get forward and do the overlap and link the play here but he leaves this space in here exposed. And this is what we don't want, is this space here for Bowen to run into because he is the guy that's going to make the difference in that sort of space there. So for me, um, I'm I'm a little bit worried about that going into this game. However, um, I do think, um, you know, if Bowen keeps his position here and allows, whether it's Tonali or, or Anderson, and Murphy to do the business here, and he keeps his position to to stop that counter attack. And he's facing if he faces Gerald Bowen up, I think he's got a good chance of winning a, a lot of those exchanges. But if he's going if if he's going you know boot to boot running in this direction, Bowen's going to have him all day every yeah. day. And, that's and then and then look who's in that right centre midfield position. Who's who's one of the best people who can pick a pass and do a split a split defence pass it will be James Wall Prowse. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we don't want. And actually he ventures into these positions yeah. for West Ham that um uh, people don't realise he you're potentially attacking with that and you're gonna have to expect Bruno or Tonali to do a job, Longstaff to be in there 
to be able to protect that position. It's going to be really, really interesting. But I do think it's going to be a great battle um, between these guys here um, in, in, in this sort of area. Um, that midfield, you know, you've got three really, really good players there um, uh, in Newcastle, but you've also got three really good players that have started to mould um, their understanding. Uh, lots of stick, um, especially if you're Tobes, lots of stick for Suchek, but he's doing the business this season for you, Lawless. Would you agree? Alvarez, War Prowse as well. That midfield's linking well. He's been effective in what he's been asked to do. Like, he's still not the guy when you want someone in midfielder that's on the ball to progress the ball forward, you know, in a meaningful way, whether it's dribbling, whether it's passing. But he's effective in what he does, and that's defending in one box and attacking in another box. That's it. Like, you, you know what you're going to get with Suchek. And these type of games, you know, where you are counter-attacking one minute, you can go quickly from, you know, being on the back foot, backs against the wall, defending to attacking, you know, you want that. He's, he, he's not going to be the guy to progress the ball, but if someone else does, like he's there defending, he's heading the ball on, the ball's there, he'll bomb down to the other box and hopefully be on the end of a cross or something like that's what he does. So, yeah, I can't knock him, you know, he's, he's doing his thing. Um, two other areas that I'm interested in watching, um, maybe not ones that people have spotted already, is here. Miguel Miron against Emerson. I think Miguel Miron running into this space here um, could potentially cause some problems And in here. Um, it, it, it's, it, it's a problem area for, for Emerson uh, from what I've seen. And I think Amiron running into these spaces, as he did against PSG, he, he can destroy a lot of teams with that running into, into tight, um, it, sorry, into open spaces. And we know that Trippi can play those balls into those areas as well. Yeah. I'm intrigued to see, if it, if it is Alexander Izak, I'm intrigued to see the press against these two. And I don't know what um, what these boys are like with the ball at their feet. I think Aguerd is not too bad. Zuma, I'm not quite sure about. Ariola with the ball at his feet, I'm not too sure about either, but if we have that press here, here with the ball to his feet, he's 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 that? the uh, Aguard, he's good with the ball to his feet. <laughs> okay, so so that'll be that'll be interesting because because what we like to do is that we'll have starting positions with our players here, here, and here. So if you've got your if you've got your boys, for example, kind of receiving the ball. In these areas, you'll find that these boys will be here um, in the starting positions. You'll see Gamera's press up. You'll see these boys press up and they will try and make it as tight as possible. So that's going to be interesting to see because it worked. Chris, Keith, you all know you've seen it against PSG. It worked. It worked because we pressed them high. Whether we do the same again will be interesting. But Isaac's got more pace than Callum Wilson. And his ability to press high is going to be really, really interesting to see. Um, but one player I'm worried about here, and it is how he fares in this position, because I've got a feeling we might see this at times and him trying to exploit these areas here in wide areas because he is very good at doing that. And it's a little bit like what PSG did, but you know, the interchange in here you could probably see because Bowen can sometimes play out that in that area. You might see Paqueta here. Um, you might see them move around. And and if Eddie Howe's 
given specific orders on who to mark, it could potentially drag players out of position. And that's what we don't want. We saw Jamal Lascelles with um, pressing up high against the likes of Mbappe during the game, which exposed places in and behind here. We don't want that to happen, particularly away from home. Um, so it's just something I'm, I'm worried about. He is a supremely talented player. Um, and he'll, he'll, once he finds his feet at West Ham, I think it'll be quite, um, it'll be devastating in a lot of games. But um, if there's anything else, boys, yeah, before we move on to the last part. Don't make so. Good, mate. Yeah. <clears throat> all, good, all good. Right. Um, let's hit some questions, a couple of questions, a uh, few questions for Lawless before we get to those all important predictions. Um, for the game on Sunday. What what we thinking, boys? Uh, get your thinking hats on. And whilst we're getting our thinking hats on, everyone click the like button, subscribe, make sure um, that you've done all the uh, housekeeping uh, duties. Um, what questions have we got? Um, yeah, we've got, we've got, as I say, we've got some um, really good questions here. I, I particularly liked this one um, from Nobby Clark. Nobby Clark said earlier on, Question for Lawless, you'd probably admit you need an extra striker. Who would you feasibly like to sign in this position? And I wanted to add as well, Lawless, that um, like when you signed Skamaka, I was dead jealous because I, I, I watched Skamaka and I, I thought he looked he looked the part and it mm. didn't quite work out for him. And I know it was a bit of a, a bit of an odd exit. Um, because I think something was exposed on the Michael Antonio podcast, wasn't it? About him. Um mm. but in your opinion, who would who would you be who would you be after? It's it's a hard question because it's just like uh, what Antonio clones are out there because that's basically the type of player, the type of striker that we need is someone in that vein. Um, <clears throat> Moyes really wanted Brozier from um, Chelsea. He's just come back and he's scoring again. Um, he was that that was Moyes' first choice over Skamaka. Um, and it didn't work out. So, look, who knows? Maybe there's a chance we could revisit that and Moyes saw something that would fit our system. Um, Tony, Ivan Tony's probably out of question because of the other teams that will be looking at him uh, when he's available. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. <clears throat> we just need, just find me another Antonio who's just better, a better Antonio. Just give me a better version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael Pomar asks, um, and I, I think I know the answer to this question because, as I say, I remember watching it on the 12th man. But um, do you like Moyes now or does he still suck? <laughs> um, Straight to the point. <laughs> what way? What way of wording it? Um, <clears throat> he's, I said at the start of the season, I'm giving him 10 games, right? Yeah. And I think technically, he, including cup games, he has as 10 games. That is, has had 10 games, but I'll say 10 Prem games. I've played 10 games in the Premier League. I'm going to proper assess it, but he's winning me back over. I will say that. He's winning me back over. It's looking like maybe last season was just a blip. It was a horrendous blip. And I've always said this type of football, if you're losing, it's, it's unbearable. So, yeah, he, he's, he's convincing me that that was just a one-off and he's back on track. So, I wouldn't say he sucks. Um, but like is a strong word. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Ten game right. review. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I've got two more questions, and the next one is again for Michael Pomar. Um, what does success look like for West Ham this season? Is uh, a bounce back in the league important, or is it all about getting into the Champions League through winning the Europa League this year? Well, it's, it's, it's funny that you put it this way. It's like about getting to the Champions League through winning the Europa League. Like to me, winning the Europa League is the goal. Like I'm not even. Yeah, it's great that you get Champions League as well, but winning the trophy is the focus of winning that Europa League, and that's what I want. Getting to have win that trophy last year, having the parade, everything. I want that feeling again. If we get Champions League football through that, amazing. But success, yeah, it's going to be either a trophy or um, finishing in a European spot this season, keeping our European positions. So either one of those is success. Anything else, you can't say that successful season. Yeah, I've got to say, guys, uh, Chris, your, your stance a minute ago where you've got Lawless in the background just peeping behind. It's like he's keeping an eye on things. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just made me laugh, that's all. Sorry. <laughs> He's watching me to see if I'm going to say something crazy. He's like, oh, what, what are you going to say? <laughs> and then this last one. This last one's a bit tongue-in-cheek, but I've got to ask it. Rich Joblin um, says, yes, Lawless, great to see you, fella, which we all agree with. But yeah. the question is, Paqueta to Newcastle in January. But you know what? Newcastle fans have been twerking for Paqueta for ever since we got him. Like, it's been He's ridiculous. That's boy, that's why. Give San Bruno to West Ham. Like, it's, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Nah, nah. <laughs> nah, nah, come on, man. Bruno, like, he's suffering in up north in them winters. Like, he's used to southern climates. He wants to be a Geordie legend. There you go. Yeah, listen, he's he's already a Geordie legend. You know, he can leave and he's he do he can do a Ward Prowse and achieve everything at, at West Ham. But, you know, obviously be known for being a Geordie legend. Yeah, why not? <laughs> just, just, just remember, Lawless, Paqueta wore the Newcastle stripes before the West Ham kit. Just remember, when he was up, when he was up spending time with Bruno, he was there kicking a ball, wearing the Newcastle jersey. Oh there, yeah, these like, you know, he, listen, he's, he's not. He's, there's he's no chance he's going to Newcastle. Yeah. I well, think you know what. He's we're wasting my time. We're waiting. I was just about to say we're wasting my time because he's been linked with City. You know, <clears throat> yeah. and there is I that bit of denial, but this them. time, this time next year, he's probably going to be at City. Mm. Do you think they'll go back in for them? That's a good question. That's a great question. Well, it'd be interesting, isn't it? Because obviously De Bruyne forced their hand a little bit and sped mm. things up of what they needed to do. De Bruyne being injured. Um, so it'll be interesting. Obviously, there's an 85 mil release clause there that kicks in next season. Um, that they could go in and try and activate. So that'll be interesting. Oh, yeah, look at look, you can activate. I mean, he's gonna say yes. He'll uh, say yes if we activate it. He's coming north. You think so you're gonna be in the Champions League it. next season? You think you're gonna be in the Champions League? Hey, I'm not even thinking about Champions League. I'm thinking about the Adidas money. I'm thinking about the Adidas oh, money. Look at this. The <laughs> Adidas money. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Adidas money, it's the seller money, and it's the fan park money coming in as well. It's all oh, those new yeah. revenue streams. All Lawless. the new, all those varied revenue streams that are nothing, nothing to your at all. Hey, you're not on with LB, mate. You're not on with Man City. This ain't Man City. <laughs> We're not cooking the books here. We're doing it by the oh, book. Right. We're doing it properly. So, 
yeah, you, yeah the Premier the League, the Premier League, and everybody come down twice as hard as us on us, don't they? As many as any others in terms of FFP. Pete, Keith, I've got a dead quick one for you before we move to the last stage. Just, just, just made me think. What do you think the possibility is of Bruno going to say uh, Real Madrid or a Barca or even a Man City? Um, you know, his clause getting activated, which you know is is the worst kept secret ever that he's probably got a clause in his contract. And then, if that was the case, could you see us moving for Paqueta to replace him? Keith, what do you think? I think we've got to be realistic here in terms of if you look at a lot of clubs and their sellable assets in terms of taking clubs on and Brighton have been a success story at this, but Newcastle, who actually got that can get money in and we had to sell ASM in the summer to, to help balance things up. So I think there'll probably come a point in the evolution of this Newcastle United team in terms of trying to sustain where it's at now and move to another level. I think we're going to have to get used to maybe one or two players going out the door, maybe that we don't want to see go out the door, that will want to be on the journey with us, but we'll have to be realistic and think, right, where, where else are we going to plug the gaps, get that money in and keep the team improving, really? So at some stage, Bruno has played so well, 100 million isn't really that much to these massive clubs like Real Madrid and everything. So at some point, I think Real more than Barca, for sure. Mm, mm. I was impressed that he turned down Liverpool, but I think this sort of thing will probably it'll only be for so long, I think. If Newcastle are going to sustain where they are and keep going on that journey, I'd, you know, you have to be realistic. And I'd, I'd love to think Bruno's going to stay, but we'll see. Pete, what are your thoughts? Um, uh, Chris, I think I said this to you in private. Um, I, I don't see Bruno here into his 30s. As sad as it is, I don't see him here in his 30s. He's what? Is he 26 now? I think he's about 26 now. Um, I don't see him in, in, here, you know, in four years' time. I, I just don't. I, I see him at another club. And, and yeah, if we're going to sell him on, what better club to sell him on for Real Madrid? Because they are a team that are going to pay yeah. big, big money for players. Um, and what a midfield that would be: Bruno Gomez, Drew Bellingham, um, Camavinga. I'd take Camavinga or Tushimeni. There's, op there's options there, isn't there? There's cash yeah. plus clash plus player deals. There's options. I'd, I'd take Tushimeni or Camavinga in return. That's for sure as part of that deal. But look. Um, I, I I think some I think Ryan D mentioned it actually just in the chat and, I, and to be fair I agree with him is that Paqueta and Bruno are not like for like they're not the same type of player no, not. I think what, not. what 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 they do what Newcastle would do is go out and get a, a ready-made number six someone that can play that position and and and, and do maybe something different to um, Bruno Gomez, but be more defensive minded, a bit like a Rodri, like those or an Alvarez, or an Al or an Alvarez. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. The eyebrows enormous. <laughs> hey, listen, you better come and give us those. Um, you know what I mean? Those those merch money and the program sales and and the Adidas flip flops that you're selling or whatever, right? You better hey. get that money ready. 
Hey, with the amount of flip-flopping that you and you and Billy do, I need to go get somebody that's flip-flops for next season because I'm going to be flinging them your way, mate. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I never <laughs> flip-flop. But, um, uh, Bill Ashby, um, great to have you in the chat, as, as always. I reckon Kevin Turan will come in the summer. Not a lot of people have spoke about him. I'll be honest. Like, we talked about him so much, Chris, on the, for the transfer show. He yeah, hasn't moved. Like, he is a genuine option if he if he continues his his good progression. Um, that's for sure. But look, look, for now, Bruno's signing his deal. It's just a matter of time for it being released. But I think we have him for at least the next two years. I genuinely believe that. I think we have him for this season and the whole of next season. After that, I'm not quite sure. So at the moment, I'm not worried. Um, but we are we have hit doom time. You're absolutely right. Chris is on the button, as always. Uh, we have hit doom time. And I want to get predictions from you boys to wrap up the show. Um, massive thanks to everyone in the chat just, just before we get into this. Amazing question. Sorry that we didn't get to all of them. Um, and opinions, brilliant stuff as always. Just click the likes. We're, we're approaching 100 likes already. Let's get us into 130, 150 um, before the show's out. Um, and thank you for watching um, on this late edition of Away Days. Chris, I'm going to come to you first, my man. From a Newcastle perspective, what do you think the score is going to be um, on Sunday evening? Oh, um, it's a really tough one. I, I, I'm going to do a bit of a key for you. I'm going to, I'm going to say. I, I think it could be a stalemate. I think I think both teams will score. Um, I don't know who'd score first, but I, I think it'll finish one-one. And I think I think that'd be a really good point for Newcastle. And I think West Ham, to be fair, would would, would probably be happy with that. Lawless may tell me otherwise, but I think a point would be good for both teams because I think we'll gain our points both of us elsewhere. Um, so yeah, I I think I think it'd be one-one. I'm going to go next, and I'm, uh, I, uh, I've just seen it pop up on the screen. Um, I'm with Geordie Toon for life. I think potentially we could nick it 2-1, but I honestly genuinely believe it's going to be a tight game. I don't think either team are going to want to lose the game, so I think there's going to be a little bit of apprehension there from both teams. But I think there'll be it'll be whether either team can affect things on the counter-attack. And I just think potentially we can nick it, especially if we've got Joe Linton and Wilson as options off the bench. I think that could potentially make a difference for us. So I'm going to go 2-1 Newcastle. Um, Lawless, I'm going to come to you before we get to Dr. Doom to round up the predictions. What do you think from a West Ham perspective of the score Sunday? Yeah, obviously it's going to be interesting. Um, both teams obviously played European football. Uh, it was a stronger team than than I expected. So obviously that play comes into play. But I've got to go with West Ham. I think this is going to be a very interesting test for us because it's a team closer to, you know, we're closer to in terms of levels right now. Um, and we've got to win this game. If we're serious this season, you know, we're at home. Yeah, man, we... I want to. I want to win this game, and I think we can. I think there's potential for Newcastle to still be on a high from the from the game on Wednesday, and you know, speaking from experience, obviously in my team in Europe, sometimes you know, big results. It's hard to 
come back down to reality and have that focus in the prem you know after them them dizzying heights and and, and experiences and hopefully west ham bring newcastle crashing back down to reality <laughs> and we get a 2-1 win it's going to be tough but the back the boys have to back the boys have only lost to liverpool and man city this season um so yeah let the run continue and this is effectively like a six point and we win this puts us three points away from newcastle and eases up the gap gets us back closer to them top fives and and that in positions there yeah you're right it it, it, it but even team that wins it kind of pushes them away from the the opposite from the opposition now we're a point behind you so it puts you two points clear if we win it puts you four points clear of us if you get the win so it's an interesting one going into the international break and um look for us before i get keith's opinion like if we win at, at the olympic stadium we've got crystal palace coming to us and Love nothing more than put D, putting D in the mud, that's for sure. Uh, with regards to put, beating Palace, we should have beat them last season, Chris. You, you, uh, you know, invite me, sure. That Tyreek Mitchell, uh, foul stroke, handball, whatever it was, own goal that should have stood and we should have won the game. So we owe them one, but um, right, Dr. Doom, uh, double O Stato, Keith, um, whatever you want to call him these days, um, uh, on the fence, whatever it is. What have you got for us this week? Are you going? Are you going to continue the vein of a, of a Newcastle win, or are you going to go cautious? Just before I give me prediction, can I just go back to Saudi Steve? What are the options? Oh <laughs> what are the options of Saudi Steve managing in the Saudi Pro League if he doesn't take the island job? That'll be the oh. off if he gets sacked over in Saudi, wouldn't it? You know, after five, ten games in Saudi, if they give him the, the payoff, you know. <laughs> Uh, shout out Saudi Steve. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, if anyone accepts him over there, then they they are mad. They're absolutely mad. Because the money that he didn't rule it out either, did he? When he was on their uh, talk sports, I think uh, Sam and Jordan said to him, Oh, would you take a job in Saudi? He was like, Oh, never say never. It's like yeah, I want to see him in that Saudi headdress thing and all that <laughs> stuff. I want to see him dressed up like that. What, what, well. what would his catchphrase well. and his tagline be in his press conferences though? Because obviously Saudi Arabia is Islamic. You couldn't see a bacon over there, could you? You know, anything like that. So, what's he going to be saying? <laughs> yeah. Imagine the stick he get for that. <laughs> wrong country, wrong time zone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really yeah. is. It really yeah. is. Yeah. 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 Um, Perfect, fella. Absolutely. Prediction. I think it's going to be. Um, I think it's going to be an open game. It's going to be quite a thrilling game. I think there's going to be lots of chances both sides in this. Um, I think Ward Prowse has caused Newcastle problems in the past as well, recent times. Uh, Paquetta always seems to save his best for Newcastle because he's got that new black and white striped top on underneath the uh, claret and blue there. Um, but come the 90 minutes, I think the game will finish. Another Desmond? Desmond. 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 Oh, I think it'll be a Desmond. Yeah. He's gone for a day. There's only been one draw at the uh, London uh, Stadium with Newcastle and West Ham. I think this will be another draw. Yeah. He's there gone. we go. He's mm. gone for it. The Desmond 2-2. Uh, I, I knew he'd be on the fence. 
Um, <laughs> the, the surprise was, at least he's laughing already. The surprise was that Chris, you were you were on the fence as well. I'm on there with him, aren't I? It's contagious, you know. Arse. Being on the fence is contagious, Pete. It is. It is. It is. Oh, brilliant <laughs> stuff! Brilliant stuff. Well, Pete, well, uh, Go on, go for it. Just just before we wrap up, I just want a big a big shout out to Jamie Brewerton. He's been a member for 16 months. So, Jamie, thank you very much for the support, mate. Much appreciated by all of us. And he does actually have a very quick question for Dan, and it's a really, really good question, actually. He says, Dan, as it stands now, which Newcastle player would you like in your team? No money, money, no object. Which Newcastle player would you be picking for your team? Listen, Bruno can come and join his best mate in East London. Let's say that. We'll have Bruno there. Eh? We're talking, we're just talking about Paquetta to Newcastle. Let's bring Bruno to, to the beautiful East End of London. Much warmer than Newcastle. Not a chance. <laughs> Not a chance. Oh my god. After the atmosphere on, on Wednesday, yeah, we ain't he ain't he ain't moving anywhere. No way. No way. Won't allow it. Won't well, allow it. We'll see. Maybe, maybe a, a, a convincing win over Newcastle. You might go, ah, oh, like this team, I got a look, forget a man, he's in this West Ham I've got to join him. Sorry, I'm transfer request, Eddie. I'm going to East London. <laughs> Cash no. Way, I'm not. I'm, I'm, you know what, Lord, I'm not even going to accept it at all. Um, so you, you can think that you're going to get someone like Bruno, no chance. Um, it, it's not happening, but guys, massive, massive thanks. We, we ran way longer than we intended to, uh, but look, Lord, this is on, it, it, and we always make a special effort to uh to talk all things West Ham and Newcastle United. Massive thanks to everyone in the chat. Um, click your likes on the way out. We're approaching 100 and beyond. So let's get us up there um, before the show's out. Chris, legend as always. Um, great question, great opinions. Um, standard procedure, really. And uh, Dr. Doom uh, with his uh, <laughs> on the fence antics, as we say. And uh, yeah, look, last but not least, uh, uh, say it again. Uh, Lord, it's absolute pleasure to have you on Loading Mag and UFC. The first away days guest that we had on our show and yeah. he's still repping is um you know two years on and look it, it's uh, it's an absolute place to have you on mate um brilliant stuff um thank you for joining us well i need a plaque or something on the on on, on the wall <laughs> or something like the first ever guest that needs to be cemented somewhere <laughs> You know what? Yeah, yeah. We, we, I mean, we, we've got the flowers either side, so we're giving you the flowers. But actually, yeah. like, I want a statue next. Give yeah. me a statue. <laughs> what, alongside, alongside Bobby Robson and Shearer. Yeah, yeah. Joe, Joe Harvey plaque as well at St James's. Yeah. I'll do the pose. I'll do the Shearer pose. As long, as long as you're wearing the Newcastle top that you were wearing when you supported Newcastle in the 90s, that's fine. We, 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 I, we, I, I, I don't think it would fit me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Quality. Um, just before we wrap up, um, we have to give thanks to our sponsors. So massive thanks to the radiatorshed.com. Thank you to Russ and the team. Uh, I've not seen Russ in a while, but um, great to um, be great to have him in the chat again. But I know he's super, super busy. Um, and they obviously provide top quality materials made from uh, plate steel, providing longevity. All designs are manufactured in Italy and aluminium rads are very environmentally friendly and are perfect for heat source pumps. They offer a home survey service and when in store, if 
required. So uh, get in jail, you guys. Keith with your 2 2 draw. Shawshank <laughs> sure Redemption and, here, Hayden. There you go. Tell him. me about it. And Lawless, Lawless with his Bruno Gamera. Uh, he's, he's gone. He's gone. And Keith's gone. He didn't want to be in prison anymore. He broke out. He broke <laughs> out. Yeah. Like Shawshank Redemption. And he literally went. But um, yeah, uh, Lawless with your Bruno talk and all the rest of it. But look, get involved with all the fantastic radiators that are involved as well. Um, massive thanks to um, the Northeast Partnership, the Install Works. Thank you for your continued support. And look, um, the logo, Lodomag NFC is on uh, on the move as always. Um, huge thank you to Bathroom Designs um, Co. H2O, uh, the Northeast largest suppliers of Viroy and Botch bathroom wear. Uh, Team Valley Gateshead, over 20 years established and ran by the family. So make sure you get down to the showroom on 11th Avenue, Team Valley Estate in Gateshead. Um, and yeah, we'll give you guys a shower whilst you're there. And he's back. He's back in business. Um, we, we don't always push this, uh, and we should. We should do more. And, and, and Chris, you gave it a big shout earlier on um, with uh, some new members. Um, come and join us. Become one of the Loaded Ultras. Click that blue button, $1.99 a month um, to become a Loaded Ultra. And we have some um, prizes in the draw coming up very, very soon. I know Chris has been working on it um, and, and it's coming up. Um, and we haven't done it for a while, but we'll be back, back bigger than ever. Don't worry about that. So make sure you get um, your membership sorted in time. We are on Spotify. Um, so make sure um, you um, are, are following uh, and make sure you keep on all your content. If you're someone that likes to listen to it while you're out on a walk, out on a run, um, um, rather than YouTube and you're catching up, make sure you make sure you get involved in that as well. Guys, we are there. Thank you so much for all your support. Thank you for a fantastic show as always. Um, look, we hope that Newcastle are to get the points. Uh, but what we will say is, is that First and foremost, um, I think it's only right that West Ham and Newcastle United are fighting at the top end of the table and we're pushing the likes of Man United, Chelsea, Tottenham, all that traditional top six right back down there and we get some new yeah. teams up representing the Premier League. I think you'll agree, Lawless. That's it, mate. I 100% agree. Let's upset the, the, upset the, uh, the status quo, you know what I mean? And displace the greedy six. Get them out of there. Hey, could could have said it better. Could have said it better, guys. Um, of course, away days, and we do love playing away. How'd you like that, guys? Take care. Speak to you soon.